Welcome. Welcome. Under the husk. Gino, we're about, it's crazy to say this, but we're about a quarter of the way through the season already. Uh, some big first wins for a couple of Keiths in the league. Um, and things are really starting to come into shape. We're going to do our first, I think, fraud report this week. Pin's got an Oktoberfest in his hand. How you doing, pal? Well, you stole my thunder on the fraud report. That is right. J-O fraud. Oh, you're, you're not supposed to reveal the fraud, just that we're doing a report. No, no, no. It's we'll, blown. We'll, we'll reveal. It's gone. We'll reveal who the fraud is, has not scored over 120 points in multiple weeks thus far through four weeks. That means one week above 120 points. Yes, I think the viewers understood that. But he's somehow 4-0. He is. Anyway, uh, it is October. We have Oktoberfests. Uh, the game tonight isn't that great, so a lot of people not very responsive in terms of coming over. Look, Dick Buckus died, NFL legend. The Bears are playing. You got to support NFL, even though it's uh, some crappy games on a Thursday night. But I'm excited for B-Rob to run crazy on Gumbius. Listen, uh, it's going to be on no matter what, right? It's Thursday Night Football. What what else? It, I mean, you might have it on in the background, but it's going to be on. But I will say this is as unappealing of a matchup as I can think of. I mean, maybe like if you gave me like Panthers-Steelers or something like that, it might be grosser, but... Not a great one. We're going to watch. There will be implications. We will talk about them. It's week four. As I mentioned, or sorry, it's week five. As I mentioned, in week four, we had a couple of teams get off the schneid. We will start with Evil Stevie. Both of the co-hosts predicted this one, taking down Cosmic Gumbo 130 to 114. So you talked about us going into a fraud report down the line. Well, Evil Stevie putting up 130, whatever the opposite of fraud is, I think that's what we need to start calling him. Look, Evil Stevie came into this year and he had his eyes set on Caleb Williams. The way his team has formed over the past month or so don't look like he's going to get the number one overall pick. Now the question is, is how many wins is Evil Stevie going to rattle off because that fifth or sixth seed is only about a game or two away if you look about it. Um, Evil Stevie did not think that he was going to be as impressive as he is one month into the season. Similarly, we could say the same thing about Cosmic Gumbo. Didn't think he was going to be this much of a dud a month into the season. Uh, when you look across the board here to Evil Stevie, though, 35 points from Nico Collins, top five wide receiver thus far. Devin A. Chain, another 28-point performance. Evil Stevie is scary. I don't know how consistent and reliable his player is going to be, but it's a scary team you don't want to face. And as for Gumbo, might be a bottom three-seller dweller. Yeah, I will say this, though. Like, you know, there's Caleb Williams. He's the prize. But there's, like, a couple of solid, potentially franchise quarterbacks coming out of college this year. I think it's going to be a pretty fun tanking battle here down the stretch because I think we we say the shrimp is the clear favorite, but there's like four other teams who could make an argument for needing and, and wanting to tank if they have their first pick. So Needing I'm in, you, wanting you, taking you? Coming inside. I think uh, th- that was an interesting matchup though, and, and we will or we have not heard the last of Stevie. One thing I'll say about Gumbo real quick is it's finally got a Derrick Henry day. Um, But even with a Derrick Henry 28-point performance, he can't crack 120. Uh, Same thing with Mark Andrews. Two-touchdown performance, still can't crack 120. So a lot of issues with Gumbius right now. A lot. 
That is true. Uh, as I mentioned, another Keith got off the schneid this week. Iron Dome taking down J- uh, Boats and Young Ho in a pretty heavyweight battle. 163 to 145. That total does eclipse the 300-point mark. Well, I needed it. Uh, I couldn't really fall to 0-4. That, that feels like an insurmountable hill to climb, but uh, got to 1-3. and Taken on Shrimp this week, hoping to push the momentum forward. Boats with a very strong performance, putting up 145. Um, I don't think there's much that he can hang his hat on here. But, you know, two perennial contenders duking it out. Yeah, I'll start with Iron Dome. Hats to you getting, uh, you know, first win of the season. Probably deserved that earlier in the year. I know you put up a, another 160-point bomb in week three. Uh, lost in a Daddy Kong. I'm sorry, week two, lost in a Daddy Kong. Your stars came out. I mean, Kyron Williams, 29, trucking along. Bijan still can't find the end zone, but 19. Uh, Puka Nakua, 30, found the end zone. Big story here, Anthony Richardson had a 22-point game in week one, was on pace for a 30-point game in week two, got hurt, missed week three, comes back, 31-point game. He's going to get better every single week. He's going to get more comfortable, and that was really mostly in the second half. Um, he, they were down 20 nothing at half. He came back. This is a special talent. One could argue if he was really worthy of 102 in the rookie draft this past May. So far, him and Stroud probably. Not Bryce Young thus far. Um, but Iron Dome finally got that win like he needs. And for Boats, I would not worry. Despite a fantastic performance, arguably his best game in the past, I don't know, two years. Josh Allen played at home against Miami. I mean, he looked flawless. Um, that all went to none. The 145-point effort looks good in terms of the points scored, although you did not get the win. I think the big one here to monitor is still putting up 145 points with no Eckler, no Saquon, and a capped Brees Hall. It'd be interesting to see in October when Eckler's healthy, when Saquon's healthy, and when Brees Hall's off a snap count, which reportedly he is, how dangerous this Boats team could be. But I, I do envision both these two teams fighting for a playoff spot and beyond as we progress throughout the month. Yeah, I think I'm I'm willing to say that I was wrong about Boats. I, I, a lot hinged on the Jordan Love success. And, you know, he's had a couple shaky games on the football field. But in terms of fantasy output, he's exactly what Boats needed. So I agree. Yeah. He, he's putting up big numbers even with big dogs hurt. Uh, I think I picked him to be like eight and six or seven and seven. I think he's going to go well above that. Uh, in a week, Palestine division had to get that one in there. Real quick on Jordan Love. First game this year under 20 points, and that was a ugly performance last Thursday. If he could do that and still manufacture 18, there's a lot more potential there every single week to score that 25 north of 25 points. So Boats is a dangerous team. They are, they are. Our next matchup was an absolute opposite of what we just talked about a stink bomb neither team putting up over 90 points i'm talking about jos taking down motley jew 89 to 69 uh we mentioned uh doing a fraud report well jos 4-0 in palestine believe they have the fifth most points in that division so the dominoes weren't falling for JOS last year. They certainly are snapping back to the mean with this lucky win streak. 
but it's easy when your opponent only puts up 69 points. There's not much for me to say about Motley Jew because, Gino, I know you're going to take a lot of joy in knocking them down a peg. Well, look, I mean, this is a win-win for, for me. Anytime Motley Jew loses, anytime JOS loses, it's a win. Um, this week, they both kind of lost. Let's just start with JOS. Um, you're 4-0. Last year you got off to a. Oh, is this about to be a diatribe? No, no, just, it's a fraud report. Oh, okay. Uh, last year, JOS got off to a rough start, losing a lot of close games despite a nice output and point total. This year, he has, I mentioned at the top, one game above 120 points. If you take out that 180 point performance that he had in week three, 116, 118, and 89. You know what that comes out to average? Not a lot. 107.66. It's not going to win you most weeks. And let me tell you, his running back room, outside of one 30-point performance from Kenneth Walker, has been ass. His wide receiver room all year has been ass. Jalen Waddle, Zay Flowers, Michael Pittman, it's been eh. Ramondre Stevenson, I mean, he's not even starting Najee Harris. And one blow-up week from Raheem Mostert, outside of that, it's been ass. Trevor Lawrence has not been the Trevor Lawrence that a lot of people expect him to be. I'll give you some credit on Sam Laporta. You're forced to start him as a rookie, and he's performed. But I don't think JOS is a 4-0 team based on the first four weeks of the season. However, when his opposition puts up 69 points, and one, two, three, four, five people score single digits, and one of those scores a bagel, you're going to win most weeks. We talked about Motley Jew early on in the year getting off to that nice start 1-0 hey could he be a potential wild card team he's got a lot of young pieces could he make it work at this stage in the game Aaron Jones is still banged up they don't trust Jameer Gibbs they sat Isaiah Pacheco uh Jordan Addison was good but now he bageled uh Amari Cooper was a no-show with Dorian Rob uh, Thomas Robinson DTR at the quarterback it's just a lot of inconsistencies for Motley Jew I wouldn't be surprised if Motley Jew starts to get in that sell mode again within the next week or two when they realize, look, we are not going to make a run. Let's offload guys like Aaron Jones. Let's try and trade maybe a QB or two to a QB needy team and accumulate draft picks. I don't see it this year for Motley Jew, despite that early season buzz that we were giving him. It's going to be another tough year, and I would be hard-pressed to say that he's going to be 500. Yeah, what's interesting is I, I think on paper, JOS has more of a competitive roster for this season. I think Motley, we, we highlighted their their draft uh, this year. Jameer, even though he's struggling, I do think he's going to be a great a good player. Addison, and now you got Tank Dell in the mix. Um, I will say, though, they're going to deal with similar struggles of like picking the right guy, both of them, down the stretch. Like, JOS didn't play Terry McC- Terry McLaurin this year. You mentioned they didn't play Najee. I think both of those guys now have to be in consideration going into week five, and they both have the ability to lay eggs every week. So I think it's going to be shaky. We're, we're waiting to see if the first loss that JOS experiences uh, kind of sends them on a little bit of a tumble. Um, moving on, he's him's club. You know, not much to talk about. He puts up 133 points, which is very respectable. Uh, across the way from a 73-point performance from the Shrimp. So we had this one picked as a, as a blow up or blowout spot for HHC. He did not falter. Uh, but 
as an owner of him myself, the .9 from Olave and the way that the Saints offense has been moving the ball, you got to be a little concerned there for for what you thought was going to be a marquee guy. I'm not concerned about Chris Olave, the talent. I'm not concerned thus far about the targets outside of week four. Um, still, I, I believe top five in terms of targets, if not top five, top ten. Uh, it is disappointing when you see point nine. And then we talk about Luke Musgrave got injured, missed most of the game last week, forced to start Quinton Johnson. Um, even despite an injury to Mike Williams, he's still kind of that wide receiver three. So there are some hard pills to swallow there. Um, however, I think the two big storylines with HHC continue to be Stefan Diggs, off to a great start, three touchdown point, three touchdown performance, and Lamar Jackson, second straight week where he scored two rushing touchdowns on the ground with his legs. You know how much of a weapon he is. He's proving it early in the season. Uh, HHC, all the talk about how he's a fraud early on in the season, third most points in the season. Three and one, one game back from the division. He might be the division leader at the end of this week. Shrimp, uh, what could I say? Uh, your highest scorer, J. Jeff, continues to truck along. Uh, you didn't sub out Zay Jones, but will allow it because it's a London game. That yeah, is that the is shrimp the rule. rule. That yeah, is the, the shrimp, shrimp rule. rule. Mm-hmm. Um, as it currently stands, I think the shrimp is going to go all in for the tank. He's going to secure Caleb Williams. This time next year, the two starting quarterbacks, potentially three starting quarterbacks for Shrimp, Jared Goff, Caleb Williams, Kyler Murray. Now all of a sudden, that sounds pretty good, but let's see how the rest of the team can get built out. Not Shrimp's year. Uh, will be somewhat of an auto-buy every single week, but um, we'll see if he could crack 100 anytime soon. I'm going to just throw this into the air because this would signify like the full teardown, but does Shrimp get rid of J. Jeff at some point. I mean, he's he's what? Uh, he's $74 next year. That puts him, I believe, you know, he's approaching 100 He's 74 this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's $74. Next year, he's approaching 100 Does it even make sense if you think you're in a two-year tank to, to take that on? In my opinion, it makes sense to get rid of him, tear it down, know where you are. But he's him, Club, moves on, 4-1, and 3-1. and one. Apologies. We'll be four and one. Our next matchup. You know, we, we talked about this one from the emotional and sort of rivalry background. These are two guys who have been in the Hoboken area for quite some time now, interact on a regular basis. I think what I said was that they both have a penchant for negativity, uh, maybe in different settings, but I'm talking about Snake Eyes ends of Phantoms. Uh, it wasn't particularly close, uh, almost actually a boat race. If we consider a hundred point victory, a boat race, uh, snake eyes taking down the phantoms, 174 to 87. Uh, there was an investigation going on, uh, regarding the phantoms keeping a inactive Deshaun Watson in the QB spot. It wouldn't have mattered. He was not going to put up 90 points. Uh, but what can you say? Is the Phantoms, is he tanking.com, is getting a lot of traffic right now. Uh, these teams are going in different directions. Gin, what did you see? Well, on the bright side, DJ Moore scored 26 and CJ Stroud scored 23. Uh, on the not-so-hot side, uh, you left Deshaun Watson in, and you traded away Justin Fields. A week later, he puts up you know 30 points. 
Uh, the Phantoms is a very hard team to figure out both during the season and in the off season. Uh, losing by essentially double your point total uh, should be a wake-up call at this stage of the season. One and three, you have two Titans in your division. You're probably not going to catch them. You're hoping a playoff spot is at five or six seed for a wild card, but we all know how competitive Israel is with three, potentially four playoff teams. In my opinion, four playoff teams. The Phantoms, we talked about Motley Jew. We mentioned it about Shrimp. Is October the month where he starts thinking, I'm two and six, let's trade a few pieces. The question is, I mean, he's already traded a few pieces, but the question is now, and I'd love to pose this back to you, is is what pieces does he start to sell? Um, could it be a Cooper Cup? Could he return from IR, put up 25 points, and then sell them? That's very the Phantoms-esque. Um, all I know is that it doesn't really look very positive for the Phantoms. On the other side, Snake Eyes, after losing one game where he still had a pretty nice output in total, uh, he looks quite unstoppable if all these guys come together. Um, despite only 26 points from Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford combined, you're still scoring 174 points. That's scary. Despite only 12 points from Travis Kelsey, you're still putting up 174 points. That is scary. Now, I don't think C-Max going to score 51 every single week and four touchdowns, but he's probably a shoo-in for 25. Um, Garrett Wilson, Gabe Davis, A.J. Brown, both all had good games, in my opinion, all capable of going off any given week. Guys like Damian Pierce were on the bench. Um, another guy got left on the bench, Khalil Herbert. Uh, I know it's a thin team, but it's relatively deep, if you know what I mean. I know that's kind of counterintuitive. The Snake Eyes team is going in the right direction. I see him getting back in the playoffs and potentially another championship performance. We'll see if he comes through in the clutch this year, though. Yeah, one thing I will say about the Phantom's ability to turn this around is that when you look in Palestine, the third-ranked team, which is Cosmic Gumbo, has an average points four of 108. And the Phantom's 95, Motley Jew 91, the Shrimp 84. So when you're looking at that division and you know you're going to get a bunch of games with those teams going down the stretch, I don't think it's time to necessarily give up. But if you start getting good trade inquiries and, and you know Brad's always willing to commit to the tank, I, I don't think you can make a wrong choice here. So it takes the pressure off. I don't I don't know who his coach is. I don't know who he hired as his coach, but it takes a little bit of pressure off knowing he's probably going to keep his job going into next year, regardless of what the team does. So interesting to see, but yes, Snake Eyes is absolutely a force to be reckoned with. And so long as CMC is healthy, I think he's got to be the favorite to win the league. Uh, Was that a mush? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Our next matchup was a heavyweight one on paper. I believe it may have been the matchup of the week. Uh, but the fantasy point output didn't really match up Stinky. to what we thought it would. Uh, I'm talking about first place Deshaun's massage parlor taking down Nadaddy Kongju, resurgent Nadaddy Kongju, 124 to 109. I wish that he put up 109 when we played, but he put up 175 or something like that. So, uh, oh, me. no, I'm just saying a little bit of a, a little bit of probably coming back down to earth for a team that put up, I think back to back weeks of 170 plus. So, uh, which Nadaddy Kong are we going to get? DMP kind of slow and steady wins the race. He's, he's doing exactly what he's kind of done all year. 124 is not going to kill you. 
Yeah, Nadaddy Kong uh, through four weeks, tail of two teams. Week one, 89 points. Week four, 109. Weeks two and three, as you mentioned, north of 160 both weeks. He's two and two for a reason. Very, very fickle in terms of his performance. I talked about it last week. Really runs through these two 49ers, um, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Well, this week they only combined for 3.25 points. Not going to get it done. Also, you leave a guy like David Montgomery on the bench. Now, I'll preface by saying he was doubtful this time last week, and he miraculously played on a short week and miraculously scored three touchdowns. So Nadaddy Kongju opted to leave him on the bench, started Josh Jacobs and DeAndre Swift, who had nice, respectful games themselves, but that is going to be the difference and a slim margin when you're playing a champion contender like DMP. Uh, one thing else I'll mention about Nadaddy Kongju, Justin Herbert, Daniel Jones, we talked early in the season about how this was going to be a powerful wide uh, quarterback room. It hasn't really lived up to expectations. I think that's part of the reason that they're 2-2 two and two and having these wild swings of variance week to week. Um, I just can't really trust Daniel Jones, the fantasy guy, as I, I thought I did a month ago. And Justin Herbert has a bye week this week. We'll just see if they have a little more aerial passing attack. As far as DMP, two guys scored over 20 points. Those were his two quarterbacks, newly acquired Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts, who had a pretty good game. This is going to be DMP's low point, 124 points, because guys like uh, Mike Evans, Terry Kill, and Devontae Adams all didn't crack 15 points. Um, DMP is 4-0, top of his division, top of the league. He is going for that crown again, and you better watch out because he just re-upped at the most important position. So DMP proving the doubters, a.k.a. the pundits, a.k.a. you and me, very wrong. All right, that is a recap you know, I'm going to say this live because I was thinking about it. We typically, tr- I think, try to do like the recaps quicker than the previews, but I think we should reverse that. Like we do long recaps. I'm always, I'm always a proponent of that. No, yeah. because we have all, we have the data. Right. We have the data. And, and, then, <laughs> and then we go into data. these previews and we're just fucking, we're just, Wait, we're just guessing. We're already three in. <laughs> we're already three in. I, I had a bong rip. It was I mean, a hefty one. Last week when we started the previews, you're. You were so high. I mean, you, uh, you were saying oh the wrong no, team. Oh, no. I came home and I blew off some steam You're after like, a day let, in the let, office. Let's talk about gumbo. Wait, we just talked about I, I didn't know Gino was reefer madness. Anyway, we're moving on into the week five previews. We're going to keep them short. We're going to keep them snappy. Uh, our first matchup features a two and two, Nadaddy Kong Jew, going across the border to take on a one and three, Motley Jew. Interestingly enough, this this spread is a ten point projection in favor of Nadaddy Kong Jew. Um, but in the battle of the the second word of the team name being Jew. Uh, I think this is going to be a little bit closer than that. I'm going to let you do this preview first, Gino, because it's very close in my head, even though these are two teams that I think may be seen in different tiers in the league. Call this one the Gino Minute. Nadi Kongju, Justin Herbert on a bye, Mac Jones ass. Who are the two starting quarterbacks from Nadi Kong? Oh, that is disgusting. Daniel Jones, and that's right, Zach Wilson. How can you trust any fantasy team with those two as your starting quarterbacks? I certainly can't. However, what I can get behind is Josh Jacobs up against Green Bay. David Montgomery just scored three touchdowns. The aforementioned David Montgomery going against Carolina. Their defense is ass. And DeAndre Swift against a Rams defense who's good, but susceptible at times. Don't know if T. Higgins is playing. 
Don't know if I trust Debo against Dallas. Don't know if I trust Cortland Sutton against uh, the Jets. And we all talked about Cortland Sutton. I'm going to swallow the points. Wow. Just kidding. I'm going Motley Jew at home. I think Dak Prescott at home. I think Brock Purdy, they're playing each other. I'm sorry, Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy, they're playing each other Sunday night. Uh, Niners and Cowboys. I think both of those guys are going to score north of 17 points. Right now, they're projected for it. Uh, Aaron Jones, 11-day rest. Think about this. He played last Thursday. Got a week, then three more days against the Las Vegas Raiders. They're very susceptible on the ground. Isaiah Pacheco sat last week, scored a touchdown, 20 points. He's going to be back in the fold against Minnesota. And then the young core of Tank Dell, Romeo Dobbs, Calvin Ridley, and Jerry Judy all find a way to get it done. And yes, I'll say it, Darren Waller's first touchdown of the season comes this week in garbage time. Motley Jew 128 and Daddy Kong Jew 119. You have agreement on the on the outcome of the game. I don't think it's going to be that high scoring, though. Uh, what is interesting to me is that Brock Purdy, in order to succeed, I would imagine Debo and Kittle will as well. Although I have I have heard some interesting kind of reports on DBS. Anyway, I'm going to go Motley Jew 113, Nadadi Kong 109. It's going to be close, uh, but it's it's going to be gross. Uh, moving on to our next matchup. In my opinion, you know, the 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 records wouldn't agree with this, but an intradivisional matchup between Snake uh, yeah, Snake Eyes and Deshaun's Massage Parlor. Uh how do you not have this as the matchup of the week? It is the matchup. It is not the matchup of the week. The matchup. I'm not going to say the matchup of the week because it comes last. But this is not the matchup I of the know week. The matchup of the week. This is four and DMP taking. You know, my my initial intro because I I see the picture of Brad like giving the little uh, address to the camera, so I thought it was him. But no, it is Snake Eyes traveling into Palestine, storming the gates of the 4-0 and Deshaun's Massage Parlor. I mean, this one really kind of has all that you can ask for. It's two teams who played each other in the championship this year, or last year. Two teams who are putting up, I believe, the most points in the league. Yeah, that is Snake Eyes coming in with the most points scored and Deshaun's with the second most. So this matchup really has everything it needs. The media did a really poor job not picking this one as the matchup of the week. But, you know, I think this this game, if you can do this this early in the season, has the potential when we look back to be the reason why one of these guys got the one seed or didn't. Uh, so it's it's a really exciting matchup against two teams we we fully expect to be in the playoffs. I'm, I'm very interested to hear your breakdown before I give my pick. Yeah, I, I would agree with you in the sense that I think it is the matchup of the week. I think the media is very anti-DMP, um, has been all off season, continues to be, despite the 4-0 start. Um, and if this was a home game for Snake Eyes, maybe a different story, but it's a home game for DMP, and the media doesn't like traveling there. Um, look, Justin Fields against Washington, Jalen Hurts against the Rams. I like both those matchups. However, Matthew Stafford against the Eagles. Say what you want about the Eagles. They do let up a lot of points through the air, and Kirk Cousins against the Chiefs. Probably going to be playing a lot of garbage time. Look, if Zach Wilson can move the ball, so could Kirk Cousins. Here's where it's going to come down to. Is Tyreek going to blow up? Yes. Is Devontae Adams against his old team going to blow up? Yes. Is Jonathan Taylor going to come back against the mm, so-so Titans and have a good game? Yes. 
All three of those things are going to happen. Insert rookie Michael Wilson into the lineup, which I think is a great start, deciding to sit an injured Mike Evans. And I think Jake Ferguson, look, he scored a touchdown last week. He could be kind of that goal line guy. I do like the start projected at 10. I'll give him 10 points. I think Snake Eyes' only hope in this game is if guys like Garrett Wilson, guys like Gabe Davis, if they find the way to score. In, and if, Sorry, if they find a way to the end zone. You know Travis Kelsey's going to do his thing. You know C-Max going to do his thing. You know A.J. Brown's going to do his thing. It comes down to those secondary pieces really stepping up and having a complementary piece to this game. Snake Eyes is projected right now at 151. I think he's going to be the one that underperforms, whereas DMP, 144, I think he overperforms. Quarterbacks are even. I think it's those Titans for DMP, the Tyreeks, the JTs, the Devontae that get the job done this week. DMP goes to 5-0. and Narrow victory, 152-144. to DMP stays perfect. One thing I will say here is that DMP's projection relies heavily on a 16-point projection from Jonathan Taylor. I think he does play, and I'm starting him if he does. But when you look at that running back bench and you see who's getting plugged in, Rico Dowdle, Ronnie Rivers, Elijah Mitchell off, you know, He's not getting many. I, I don't know. I, I really want to pick DMP here just for selfish reasons uh, in our division, but I think Snake Eyes is going to get this done. I, I don't I don't see where in the lineup he's going to falter this week. Uh, he's been putting up the numbers. I, I don't think it stops this week, and there's some question marks on the DMP side of the ball. Give me Snake Eyes. Give me a high-scoring game, 148 to 134. Uh, I don't know how this matches up with the games later in the day, but I, I don't think it's that close. Wow. I mean, I, th- I think the only way Snake Eyes comes out is if Travis Kelsey and Garrett Wilson score. It, it could very well happen, but we'll see. Another one that I think if the if the media knew the relationships that this friend group had, if it knew about some of the intricacies of the trade that were just made between uh, one of these teams and DMP, uh, they would know that this probably has the ability to be the matchup of the week. It's certainly the matchup of the week in terms of just maybe chatter in the group chat, people complaining or, or being excited. I'm talking about Evil Stevie getting his first win last week, traveling to Palestine to take on the Phantoms. The Phantoms currently holds... Evil Stevie's second and third round 2024 picks. Uh, he acquired them in the trade that sent Justin Fields to DMP. So this one's interesting for a lot of reasons. I mean, we talked about Evil Stevie coming in as a potential tanking candidate. He wanted me to plug this quote in and said, we are coming. I don't know how to spell the coming in that sentence, but we are coming, Evil Stevie says. So in my head, that means the tank is off. They're going to lean on the fact that they have six picks. One of them is going to be good. You, you hit on on three of them, you're in a good spot. The Phantoms, on the other hand, has to win this game because if they lose the game, it's a double whammy. You have to go into the tank probably, and you just keep seeing your picks that you just traded for your, your quarterback getting worse and worse. So I have my eye on this one. It's my game of the week in terms of narratives. Uh, Evil Stevie coming in as the eight-point 
favorite, actually, I have to go to the other, the other version of this. Evil Stevie coming seven. in as a seven-point favorite over here. Uh, over the Phantoms, away favorite, I'll have you know. Uh, I think Stevie is getting his second win. You'd have agreement. I think Evil Stevie's going to march into the Phantoms, seven-point favorite, and I think he's going to win and cover. Look, we'll start with the Dolphins tandem of Tua and Devin A-Chain. They're playing the Giants. The Giants are a mess right now, coming off a short week, traveling all the way down. I think it's more about the Dolphins than it is the Giants. I mean, the Dolphins are pissed off. They were 3-0 and heading into that game, and they got beat up by Buffalo. They're going to come out and absolutely destroy the Giants. And guess who's going to be at the centerfold of that? Yep, Tua and Devin A-Chain. But also... Guys who've been getting great production all year are going to continue to have great production this week. I'm talking about James Cook against Jacksonville. I'm talking about Nico Collins against Atlanta. These secondary pieces, pieces more like tertiary pieces. Adam Thielen, he's had a little bit of rejuvenation in Carolina, staying healthy as the old vet when all the other young wide receivers have been hurt, and he's been the reliable option. Familiar opponent in Detroit, he's played him a bunch. Christian Watson was on a, Watson was on a snap count last week. He has 11 days off. Playing the Raiders. Raiders don't have a great defense. I think Watson's going to be a little bit more involved. Oh, by the way, in the limited action that he did have last week, he did score. I think Evil Stevie's 125-point projection is his absolute floor. I like him to go over that. I think he's going to score around 135 to 140. And no way in hell the Phantoms is scoring 135. Tough matchups all across the board. Uh, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Two good defenses they're playing, Detroit and Atlanta, respectively. Starting Roshan Johnson and yeah, Devin Singletary. Yeah, I was going to touch on Roshan. I, I'm just going to say goo, but again, who else do you have? I mean, you could, White you, you could start Cam Akers over Roshan. Well, I do think Javante Williams plays, but his matchup is ass. Um, Cam Akers. Personally, could, I would have Cam Akers in there, and or Javante in there, planning to play him if he plays, and I'd slot in Cam Akers. I'm not starting Roshan on fucking Thursday night. It's tough, but that's what the Phantoms is going for. Are now, they tanking? Now the question is. Now the question is. Sharp, smart, or stupid? I think <laughs> Every it, might, week. it might be sharp. Welcome to the weekly segment. Uh, uh, I, it, and here, and here's the other thing too. As much it's as not lo- sharp if you're trying to win, though. It's not sharp if you're trying to win. As much as I love Jamar Chase, as much as I love Cooper Cup, um, the former has quarterback issues. The latter has health issues. Um, and DJ Moore is. Probably going to have a good week this week. George Pickens, I haven't trusted him all season. I continue not to trust him. And then that tight end room for the Phantoms has been a revolving door. Dallas Goddard, Cole Komet, or Kyle Pitts. Who to start, who to fade. Look, he's projected 118. I think that that's about right. I'll give him 120. I think this is going to be an easy win for Stevie on the road. I think he's going to do enough throughout the day. And then again on Monday night with a few London games thrown in there. 133. 121. Stevie goes to two and three. So Phantoms goes into tank mode. I will say we, we, we did that sharp, smart, whatever the other word is in that phrase, but uh, we did Stupid. it. We did it last week. We, we were really we were ripping on Brad for not start. Or what, what was it? Colcomet. Yeah, Colcomet. He was losing his fucking mind yeah. uh, because we, we mongered him into starting Dallas Goddard. And now he's in the lineup, Dallas Goddard. So I think Stevie does get it done. He goes to two and three and he, and he, he puts his. Uh, you know, his competitive hat on. Moving right along, our next matchup sees He's Him Club traveling across the border. I guess we're playing all the games in Palestine this week. Sad. Uh, 
across the border to take on Cosmic Gumbo. You know, he's him's club. He's three and one. He had, he had a you know the cupcake matchup last week against the Shrimp. Uh, and I'm not going to call it a cupcake matchup, just out of respect for a good man in Andrew Pugliese. But uh, he's taking on a team who we just talked about having the legitimate cause for tanking. Uh, the current projection, as it stands, sees Evil Stevie, or Evil Stevie, he's him's club coming in as a 23-point favorite. I have to agree just with the with the breakdown. I mean, what I will say is that Kenny Pickett is currently being projected zero points, and it looks like the reports have him playing this week. So that, that projection is going to come up a little bit closer to probably about a 10-point projection. I think that would then turn into disrespect for HHC or maybe an overrating for Cosmic Gumbo. But I do like HHC to go to 4-1. I don't like it personally uh, as, I'm, as I'm chasing him. But I think he's got enough to get it done, starting with B-Rob in this Thursday night matchup. Yeah, I mean, the, the zero point for uh, projection for Kenny Pickett, that, that, that's fraudulent. Um, so give him 15. But I also think the 14, 13 and a half point projection for Dalvin Cook is absurd. Um, the guy hasn't cracked eight, seven points since week one. Um, I don't think yeah, no, it's bad. is going to be the opportunity where he just goes uh, buck wild. No, that should be like Brees' projection. I'm about to say, and then we factor in that Brees Hall is now no longer on the snap count. Um, I will say, interesting, uh, Derrick Henry coming off a great week. Looks like Tennessee, uh, I don't want to say figured it out, but maybe they're going back to their bread and butter with Derrick Henry, and that probably will continue against Indy. Slightly worried about him. Other than that, though, and other than a, a Mark Andrews blow performance, there's not many guys you look at and you go gulp, uh, hard swallow. Uh, Alan Lazard, Josh Reynolds, and DeAndre Giggity. Hopkins. Uh, kind of goo, uh, GE and a W across the board there. Uh, Miles Sanders, he's been banged up but not injured, uh, hurt but not effective. Uh, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a quality starter this week against Detroit. Then Alex Madison, you know, against KC, Cam Akers could work in. They could result in, in more passing because they're playing from behind. I don't really love the game script for Madison. All in all, I don't think Gumbo cracks that 115-120 point mark. Uh, I think it's a similar story of last week. HHC just has to do enough to get over that 120-125 point performance. I think it's a little bit harder this week with some of the matchups, but I think it gets done. Newly acquired Alvin Kamara against New England Patriots. Going to be a tough matchup. I think Brian Robinson, 16-17 point projection. It sounds high. I think he's capable of doing it. And then two guys who I think have really been my bread and butter all season, Stephon Diggs against Jacksonville, Lamar Jackson against Pittsburgh. Those AFC North battles are always tough, but Lamar Jackson has proved this year thus far getting it done with his legs. Uh, interesting. Starting Mr. Robert Woods, a Los Angeles Ram great and a HHC legend in his own mind, might I add. Uh, the reason why I'm starting him, T.J. Stroud's looked pretty goddamn good. He has. And I know it's been the Nico Collins show, but don't doubt the target share and the volume that Robert Woods has been getting. I know it was a little dip last week, but uh, right now only projected about eight and a half points. 
hey, he might score a touchdown and crack that double-digit mark. All in all, Luke Musgrave cleared for concussion. I think a better day for Chris Olave because now they don't have Christian Gonzalez. They signed J.C. Jackson. I don't know if he's going to play this week, and even if he does, he's kind of ass. Give me HHC in kind of a route, 138, respectable, to 117, Cosmic Gumbo. HHC, 4-on-1, Gumbo in this shooter. Well, we're going to talk about my team now. Iron Dome traveling to Palestine to take on the 0-4 Shrimp. Uh, It was noted that I did get my first win last week. I could take a deep breath. And another one, knowing that I am traveling across the border to take on a team who has an average points scored of 85. Uh, What I will say is when I look at this projection uh, and, and see 116 on the side of the Shrimp, I don't really understand how the... The bookmakers are projecting him to outscore his average by almost 40 points, but it is his wedding weekend. I have been known to be cucked, uh, never by a soy boy, but I'm not going to rule anything out. Um, I was encouraged to put up a big number last week, and I'd like to see it continue with Mr. Sam Howell, you read that right. Starting him over Joe Burrow. I can't get on board with that Bengals offense just yet. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the dome, and I and I think it's going to be a bit of a blowout, as it's been for most of the weeks for Stevie. 142 to 107. Now, I think you have agreement. I think it's obvious. However, I will not rule out the shrimp doing some shrimp things on his wedding weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm, I'm concerned. Newly acquired Jimmy G always plays well against Green Bay. We'll probably clear concussion protocol. Jared Goff against Carolina. Like that matchup as well. Talking about the running backs. Alvin Kamara leaves. Gus Edwards arrives. I think it's overall a downgrade for Shrimp, but I would not be surprised if Gus Edwards finds the end zone and finds his way to a 15-point game. Now, I will say this. Justin Jefferson playing KC. Coming off a two-touchdown point performance, or two-touchdown performance. I think he's going to be involved early and often. T.J. Hawkinson, think he's going to be involved early and often. Uh, I don't really know the Curtis Samuel, Sky Moore, Zay Jones trio, what they're going to do, and I'll call them the wild card this week. But the shrimp is projected around 116. You know, call me crazy, that's on the high side for shrimp. Yeah, and I, that, that's and, not crazy. And I think what the pundits are saying is he could be in line for a nice home performance in early October. Despite that projection, I still think Dome is going to rule the day. Um, love the matchup for Bijan Robinson. Uh, love the matchup for Anthony Richardson. Love the matchup for Sam Howell tonight. Guys like Puka Nakua still trucking along. Amon-Ra hasn't practiced. We'll monitor that. And then C.D. Lamb, first touchdown last week. They're probably going to rely on him this week against San Francisco. Say what you want about how good of a defense San Francisco has. When they played in the playoffs last year, C.D. Lamb went over his 89-point uh, total prop. I think he had a hundred point, a hundred yard performance in that game. They're going to turn to CD early and often throughout that game. Iron Dome. I think it's a win. I don't think it's that close in terms of a blowout, but I do think you get the job done. One thirty eight, one twenty, closer than most people think. Still an 18, 19 point win. Iron Dome back on the right track. Two and three. Shrimp zero oh and five. Well, the so called matchup of the week sees a Forno newly labeled fraudulent 
JOS. Boarding a bus, going over the border to take on a Boats and Young Ho who suffered defeat last week. You know, it's first place taking on second place in their respective divisions. Um, two teams that I think have outperformed expectations thus far. But as mentioned, JOS coming into this one having not cracked, or what? what's the right way to, failing to crack 120 points in three of the four weeks. Uh, taking on a very strong Boats who is putting up high totals across the board. I'm going to let you break this one down, Gino, but I do see Boats rebounding from his loss to myself last week, taking down JOS. Um, and, you know, they're, they're, I guess technically by the by the projections, I'm picking a dog here, but I think they're going to get it done by 10 or so points, 138 to 126. Well, it is a very, very close projection right now, only a quarter point. A CH separates these two teams from a projection standpoint. Uh, we talked about JOS early on in the show being a somewhat fraudulent 4-0 and Boats and Young Ho proving some of the pundits wrong. Now 3-1, and one, angry coming off a loss. I will say this starting off. Hefe Wilson in the lineup for Boats and Young Ho. Do not think Hefe Wilson will play with Eckler on a bye and Saquon returning. The question becomes... Who does Boat start as that second flex? Um, you could throw out names like Paris Campbell. You could throw out names like Hunter Renfro. It's, it's but none of them are great. These are some of the options we're talking about because Chris Godwin's on a bye. Eckler's on a bye. And like I said, I don't think Jeff Wilson is playing. It's not very good from that secondary uh, slot position for Boats and Young Ho. That being said, that's right, I still think he gets enough done this week to get that win, move to 4-0, and give JOS their first loss of the season. Josh Allen coming off his best game of the season, going up against Jacksonville in London. He'll keep it rolling. Jordan Love, a long time to think about that very, very tough Thursday night performance at home. Travels against uh, the Las Vegas Raiders on Hispanic Heritage Night, might I add. That's a Jordan Amore, Jordan Love. Saquon Barkley returning will probably get relied on a lot, and now Brees Hall is now off that snap count. That's going to be big. Brendan Ayuk, focal point of that Niners offense. Watch that continue this week into Dallas. Jacoby Myers, Devontae Smith, nice secondary pieces, and Evan Ingram helps you if Trevor Lawrence does well. Hopefully Evan Ingram does well. I think Boats does enough to eclipse this 137-point projection. I'll give him 138, 139. I don't think JOS is going to get there. I said before he only has one week where he cracked 120, and that was his blow-up 180-point performance. Trust the numbers. It's not consistent. It's not reliable for JOS to go above 138 that he's projected. It's not consistent or conceivable for him to go above 140. Don't really love the matchups outside of guys like Terry McLaurin, outside of guys like Raheem Mostert, outside of guys like Patrick Mahomes. Now, I do think those guys get enough production to make it close and to make it interesting, but at the end of the day, I think Boats pulls away late. I think he pulls away with some Monday night magic. Give me Jacoby Myers to score 10 points, getting Boats to victory on Monday night. Close one, 139-130. Boats 4-1. JOS 4 and 1. 
Yeah, I will say we talked about this before. Um, you got Terry McLaurin inserted back into the lineup. Maybe it's a result of Kenneth Walker's bye. I don't know. But, you, you know, we talked about guys that have question marks. He's not going to play Jahan in this Thursday night matchup. I, I can't say I disagree. They, they've been... They've been struggling to get him the ball. But I, I just, you know, the, when you break it down, it's a little bit harder for me to to distinguish who's going to necessarily pull away in this one. But I just, I'm going to take the, I'm going to be the statistics guy here and just ride on what I know to be the average point totals being put out by these teams. Um, and, and I'm just going to give it a boat. So I'm going to, I'm going to stick with my original choice. Uh, that is the week five preview uh, Gino, are we doing a fade? Are we doing a fade, Gino five. I yeah, think we, we have are. to. We have five minutes we, for a fade, Gino. We five. have five minutes for a fade. Then we're Gen gonna order five. food, not Chep. Yeah, not Chep. Nobody's coming though. I mean, well, well, you and I could crush something. Nine, because, no. Okay, Brad just said I'll come. Do you have my water bottle in the car? Never mind on that. So he's coming or he's not coming? He's tanking. <laughs> <laughs> Brad has just reported that he has a massive blister um, on so, his heel. So he doesn't know. He's out for four to six weeks. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm hearing it's infected. Uh, okay. Oh, I will say, I will say, funniest thing about this past week is Dr. Brad calling and crediting himself for calling the, the injury shot to uh, which player is that? Was it Javante? Uh, yeah. Um, I forget what was it. The no, no, it was uh, it was Matt Stafford with the hip pointer. There we go. I knew it was a hip pointer. I thought it was Javante <laughs> or Matt Stafford. Yeah, uh, Bradley was all over that. So yeah, fade Gino five. We didn't do one last week. Um, to be honest with you, this has not been my forte this year. Um, this has not been my forte in most years. Um, I will say this though. I will go with the hot team and I will fade the teams that are absolute ass. <laughs> I'm going, unless you want to go. No, nah, you can go first. You need it. You deserve it. I don't deserve it. Um, my number one lock of the week this week, I know you're going to hate it because you have them on your fantasy team. I'm going to take a road dog, divisional road dog. You good over there, guy? Just burping. Tennessee Titans on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. Ah, I hate that. Plus one and They're a half. favorites. On DraftKings, Titans are minus two and a half. Wow. Do we have some ARB potential here? I'm just looking at the 9X picks, but... Um, oh, well, that's because 9X fucking... Maybe maybe they're going to Jamulius? You're a soy boy. Jamulius. Jamulius plays for the for this? Saints. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the Saints. Can you tell who I'm I in, Jim? Yeah, I bet. Uh, anyway, I just think that the Indianapolis Colts, they're young. They're exciting. Um, they're not very consistent on a week-to-week basis, although they do fight back very, very well in the second half. I don't think it will be the case this week because when Tennessee gets out to that lead, they'll sustain it, they'll run the football, they'll play good defense, and they'll force Anthony Richardson into some bad decisions. The reason I like this, it's Mike Vrabel, and it's less than a field goal. Give me the Tennessee Titans after everyone faded them last week against the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Gino's lock of the week. I'm taking the other side. Uh, Colts, yeah, head to head. I'm head to heading you. What is the line that we're agreeing on, though? Uh, we 
we will get a soy because I have I have two and a half here on oh my god my on DraftKings, so it's under a field goal. So if you're that confident, we have under a field goal, two and a half. All right, let's lock it in. Two and a half. I'm locking that in. We're shaking hands here. Shook my soy boy hand. Uh, yeah, it is a tiny, tiny, tiny little hand. Big fingies, tiny hand. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I watched most of that last week. They were taking on the Rams. I, I liked what I saw out of Anthony Richardson, and I think that if they do get JT back, uh, I think they can go up, and I think they could run the ball. Give me the Colts. Uh, my next pick. I'm still. I'm kind of doing this on the fly. Um, I'm gonna take the. Ah oh man, I'm gonna do it, Gino. I'm gonna do it. I'm taking the Broncos minus two and a half against, against the Jets. I, I think they blew their uh, their wad a little bit last week in a law lo- in a loss. Um, everybody's talking about how it's a smash spot for Zach Wilson in the offense. They still got to travel to Denver. They got to deal with the elevation. Um, they they put a lot of energy out on that Sunday night football field. Give me the give me the Broncos. They've they've been doing all right on offense. Um, I think they get it done at home in front of their fans. You can't lose to the Jets at home. Minus two and a half Broncos hammer. Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't hate it at all. Uh early on in the week, I like teams like the Giants. I like teams like the Lions. I'm sorry. I like teams like the Dolphins and the Lions. Those lines have gotten a little bit too high for me. Um so I will go similar route. Uh looking at like a field goal, three and a half points. Look. There is something sketchy about that KC Minnesota line, so I am not going to take it. Um, however, however, I think this week it is the Bengals' season, um, and if they do not win this week, uh, they move to one and four, and it's essentially your toast. Uh, they already lost two divisional games uh, against Cleveland against Baltimore at home. They had that miraculous Monday night win where Joe Burrow was limping, and they got their ass kicked last week against Tennessee. I know a lot of people are fading them, uh, and they're still three-point favorites on the road. And, yes, Arizona has looked good. I just think there's something about desperation in the NFL. Give me Cincinnati minus three to win, to cover on the road against Arizona, and hopefully, hopefully turn that season around. I know guys are banged up, but this is a – a championship caliber team with very, very good skill players on both sides of the ball. There's too much pride in that organization to go one and four, especially to a road team like Arizona. All right. How did we do on our fade Gino five last week? Well, we didn't do anything last week, but we won it the week prior. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to give you an over, right? That's my job. Uh, let's see. I'm going to first take the money line. I think we both agree that the Chiefs are going to beat the Vikings, but they might not cover. What's that line? Minus 185? Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, Over, 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 over. Ooh, I got my over. And it's going to piggyback off of who you just picked in that second game. I'm going to take the over 44 in the Bengals-Cardinals. I don't think either of these teams are winning it with defense. Uh, although Cincinnati's defense was pretty good against the Rams, but if we're talking about a game to get them kind of back on track, I could see them putting up 28 points. Then you just, you know, you're asking for 17 out of the Cardinals. Give me 28, 17 and an over. I like it. Look, two teams that have been under not only this year and in the early season of 2023, 
But all throughout 2022, if you look back the past 18, 20 games, Saints and the Patriots. Now, I know it's low at 39 and a half. You might be saying, Gino, Gino. No, that that could be a 17-10. That's really low. I'm telling you, they both have good defenses. Uh, And and horrific offenses. I think it's going to be 20 to 17, 37 points. That's on the generous side. Look, the Saints could not do dick last week at home against the Bucs, and the Bucs don't have a great defense. It's middle of the pack. And what do you think about the Patriots? Again, they're good. They're much better at home, especially defensively. I don't think either team is going to move the ball. I think it's going to come down to turnovers and one big play. Give me 2017. Don't know who wins it. That's why we're fading that game, but I like the under. All three of those, plus 46, plus 456, 20 to win 111. To recap, Kansas City Chiefs money line, over 44 Cincinnati Bengals, Arizona Cardinals, under 39 and a hook, Saints, Patriots, lock it in. Gino, fade five of the week. Hey, Gino. That's a pod, baby. (laughs) That's a pod, baby. (laughs) God bless and go get that corn.